Sunday Golds and Florida State Baseball is on a roll. Ario Masudi and Brett Nevitt joining you. Uh, wow, what a week it's been, Brett, for the Seminoles. We've already talked about the demolishing of the Florida Gators. And then, you know, that was a good start for FSU. We've been playing well. Um, the team's starting to figure it out. They go down to Miami, and I think that was the ultimate test of just how hot is Florida State right now. And, Brett, before we dive in all the way, the Knowles just swept Miami. I mean, what an incredible, incredible week for Mike Martin Jr.'s team. Have a goddamn weekend, am I right? I mean, that I think Meat said it on Sunday. He said he's probably never seen a group play better. Um, I mean, every phase, it was as good as it gets. Um, really nothing, no good negatives from the whole week, really. Um, you, you couldn't have asked for anything better, really, going down to Miami. Yeah, in this episode, we're going to break down each of the games against the Canes. We'll preview the uh, game against UCF. That should be, I believe that's on Wednesday. Uh, we're recording here on Tuesday. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take some questions as well. But this is going to be a, a, a Miami hate podcast and uh, Florida State. Uh, I, what they did to them could be considered a hate crime uh, because those three games were, were ridiculous. Um, Brett, uh, let's dive in. But before, right before we do that, uh, I want to apologize that we're getting this out so late. I know a lot of you had been um, hoping for this episode to come out a little bit sooner, but Brett and I both extremely slammed. Um, Brett was covering uh, something else that was pretty awesome, and that was Florida State making it to the Sweet 16. Um, he's, you know, good, good to have you back here in Tallahassee after a long weekend in Indianapolis. And I pulled an all-nighter to get ready for Florida State Pro Day in football. So um, we're back. We're refreshed. We're ready to go. Um, and uh, before we talk baseball, any any shout outs for the for the hoops program and Leonard Hamilton, <laughs> Leonard Hamilton, man, just keeps doing what he's doing, making bank right now. I think I saw you had 250,000 bonus or something for that win yesterday. But yeah, they just they've, they've played as good as defense as it gets. Doesn't really matter how they play on offense right now. Um, Anthony Polite, shout out Anthony Polite. That was awesome last night. Nothing but I mean, he was not polite on the court. No, he wasn't. Uh, Anthony Polite, my hero. So um, you you're on this podcast because you want to talk all about around baseball. great Florida State weekend. <laughs> yeah, softball shout out for uh, they had a uh, a quick put together weekend up in Auburn. Um, they beat Kennesaw State twice and then split with Auburn, who's a top twenty five team on the road. So and Florida lost to Oral Roberts. So they really did. Uh, that get, that that image that's going around, by the way, of Florida, we're going to the Sweet 16, and then there's an image of the jersey that says ORU, is fantastic work. Also, shout out to Florida State baseball. Um, I'm not sure why you took down the uh, the graphic with the three L's that were in the shape of half of the Miami U. I think that's extremely there's, clever. There's too many hate crimes for one week. Well, I mean, that's just very clever to me. Like, there's no reason to take that down. You think my, Miami's not like class? They're not classy. When is the last time a Canes program has been classy in anything? I don't know. But I mean, Jim Laranega being terrible at basketball, but that's not – they're not trying to be awful. They're just awful. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, we would, I would have kept it up. I thought it was good stuff. Um, whoever came up with it, standing ovation. Um, all right, so let's do breakdown. Game one. Brett, the Knowles offense had been cooking. We had 14 runs. Um, against the Virginia Tech Hokies, against Florida, uh, another double-digit effort. And then you go up against Friday against Rosario, who's arguably, you know, some people consider him to be the best righty arm uh, in the class coming in, him or Carson Montgomery, depending mm -hmm. on where you read. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, Florida State made sure that kid knew immediately that uh, he wasn't ready for the Knowles. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would take our midweek starter over their Friday starter, if that tells you anything about Florida State's pitching staff. But... Um, you know, Florida State jumps right on him right in the beginning. Um, you know, Tyler singles right up the middle. 
Lacey, who's as hot as anybody, doubles on, I think, uh, I don't know, was it a two-strike pitch? I don't know, but he doubled um, to bring in Tyler, and then hard-hit ball from Robbie brings in another run. Um, just the beginning of the errors um, all week for, for all weekend for the Canes. I mean, eight errors this weekend in three games. Um, How many did the Knolls make this weekend? Oh, goose egg. Hey, when's the last time you could say that? We'll talk about defense, but like, when Brett says this is like this is like one of the best weekends ever. I mean, FSU baseball played immaculately. It was completely flawless. And the only thing I regretted was that it wasn't in Omaha and that this wasn't like for a college world series because Florida State, I don't care who they would have played this weekend. It could have been Al Leiter or what's was it Jack Leiter, not Al Leiter. Al Leiter's kid Jack or Kumar Rocker and uh, Vandy. No, no, don't own uh, me. I'm feeling confident, man. Kumar and, and Leiter are a little different. They, but I don't care. We would have hit them. Okay. <laughs> moving on <laughs> 13 to 1 and so yeah brett florida state continuing uh, the hot bats yeah and so nelly comes through with a double as well and then you get a productive out from your starting pitcher in parker messick and so you, you jump out to a three nothing leading to them on the, him on the mound and then you know florida state probably comes up with their best player the entire weekend in that first inning um you know del castillo singles down or doubles down the left field line Corral makes a perfect read on on the on the hop off the wall. Um, throws a laser to Nander. Nander throws a laser to home. Nelly, uh, you know, shows off his agility a bit. Slides to his left, uh, makes a pick, and puts the tag down to end the first inning uh, scoreless. So that was huge, just to keep the momentum on Florida State's side. And then you know we just saw them uh, just put the pressure on more and more, and just put them away right there after that. I mean, I think Romano leads off the next inning with a single. Um, you know, you go walk, single, double, walk, single. I mean, <laughs> Miami had no answer. I think Rosario gave up seven earned runs in an inning and a third, got four outs. And, I mean, you get another productive out from a, from a pitcher and Crowell. Uh, you get two more RBIs from Messick on a, on a single up the middle. Um, you know, Robbie keeps raking with a double. Um, it, it's just, man, they just jumped on him, and they never let, let up. I mean, Florida State literally led – for 27 of 27 innings this weekend from yeah, the really? very from the very jump it was Miami had no chance and they weren't going to let them have a chance again um you know and then after that first inning Messick basically cruises the rest of the game until the seventh inning um you know Florida State keeps scoring you know another double from Martin um just just so many good things from this game you know 13-1 final score like you said um you know Florida State took advantage of Miami's mistakes uh, Florida State didn't make mistakes this is basically the, the, the story of the whole weekend. But, um, you know, just looking at some of the numbers as well, six for 12 with runners in scoring position, six for seven with runners on third, less than two outs, 17 of 26 with advancement opportunities. That's more than 65%. Um, it's just a lot of good stuff happening here. Four and nine leadoff hitters on, 10 for 23 runners on base. Florida State just, they got opportunities and they, and they did damage with it. And that's what you want to see. Um, you know, also a couple two-out hits. Um, you know, didn't leave many runners on base either. 14 hits in the game. Uh, Miami just had – they just had nothing pitching-wise for them that game and all weekend, of course. But, yeah, just put the foot on the gas pedal right away, and that all starts with Messick, I think. Well, I like that you're, you're, you're touching on, you know, early on, getting ahead in these games. And, you know, they've done – they did that for, until Saturday. So, right, so the three games in a row, VT, Florida, and Miami, those games are over by, like, I think, the third inning. I think before – um, the last game at VT, Florida State had scored in the first run twice all inning or something like that. Because I remember I had had a question written down for me that basically said, um, how do you start scoring? How do you start generating runs earlier in the game? Um, and, you know, that it's just given Florida State the ability 
to play looser in the field. Um, it's given Florida State pitchers ability to attack the zone. You know, no nibbling. It's just attack, attack, attack. You have a lead. There's no reason to be, um, you know, anxious on the mound. There's no reason to not play loose in the field. Um, it's just a team that's playing with a ton of energy right now. And when you get up to three nothing lead right in the first inning, um, that energy is just going to grow even more. And I mean that. It felt like the whole weekend that that Florida State just completely took the life out of Miami, and it just started from those first inning runs. I made a comment to somebody um, over the weekend that this reminded me a lot of Florida State and Pitt just reversed, like in a lot of ways. Not not exactly, and you can't say it was you know just energy wise. Yeah, just just the way the the feel of the series went. That game when we did that podcast, we both said. By Saturday in the fifth inning, you could tell Florida State was just ready to take it, right? Like, they were just ready to kind of mail it in and kind of go home um, and get back into their clubhouse. You had that feeling from Miami, too. Like, there was this, there was this, like, there was this aura down in Coral Gables. Miami knew, I think, by, like, the sixth inning when it was, you know, 11 to nothing on Saturday that – or whatever – sorry, excuse me, 11, uh, 9 to 1 Saturday. But, like, the middle innings of Saturday's game, I thought – I think um, they just you just kind of knew Miami had a feeling like they were not going to win a single game in this series. I think Miami's presser after the game on Sunday that the coach basically just said like you know we 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 just felt like we quit in every single game all week and that's just I thought it had more to do with Florida State just putting it to them and not giving them a chance. I mean you don't even no reason to even put your best guys out there for Miami. I mean their best pitcher didn't pitch until the last two innings of the entire series because he had no chance to come in and even throw in any high leverage situations. I mean this was just, I mean, it was all Florida State all the time. There's, there's no other way to put it uh, this this weekend. Yeah. Um, shout out Parker Messick. Fantastic again um, on Friday. So moving on to Saturday, let's break that game down, how that one went. Uh, again, Florida State first inning, Matt Nelson, two-run bomb. Yeah, and that ball was crushed. And that was that was Florida State once again taking advantage of a, a Miami mistake. I think the second baseman makes an error. Um, I don't really know what he was doing. Kind of head scratching all weekend from Miami, really. Um, I don't really know what you'd be thinking. Villar if you were was, one ter- of their fans. Villar yeah, was Villar terrible was really in the bad. field, yeah. And I think Villar actually had – actually, I don't know what he had. I thought he thought he was a good fielder somewhat, but he just did not have it at all this weekend. Um, you know, that's had something to do with Florida State hitting a lot of hard balls at him. Robbie Martin hit a bunch of hard balls at him. Um, you know, and then, you know, maybe the biggest sequence of the weekend was in that bottom half of that, of that game, um, you know, Hubbard has bases loaded, one out, already run in. Torral hits two rockets down the line, but both foul. Uh, both of those could have done damage, but he came right back and, um, you know, he came right back and, and put him away um, on the next pitch, I think. And then you just, and then you get another strikeout to end the inning. I mean, for that, for him to do that in that situation, um, first of all, it's huge. Second of all, it shows the gigantic strides that Bryce has made um, from last year to this year. I think last year you probably would have seen him fold. You probably would have seen him coming out of that game pretty quickly. You probably would have seen me get the get the bullpen up quick. But, um, you know, he just kept doing his thing. And, you know, he just bared down there when Florida State needed it. He got an ounce when he needed to. You know, we've talked a lot about how Florida State pitchers this year has sometimes they've worked themselves into trouble, but they've been able to make the big ounce and get themselves out of the games. And, you know, Meat said it doesn't really matter how many pitches you make it just matters when you make the good pitches when you make the big pitches and when you make big pitches you're going to win games and when you get big hits you're going to win games um you know Florida State uh, Robbie gets another RBI in the third inning on another double um you know Tyler scores there um you know that comes after a big 
a big double play for Miami too. I mean, that was a moment where Miami likely could have flipped the momentum a bit, got some back on their side. They get a double play. You know, Florida State gets two on, no ounce. Miami gets a double play. You feel like you're going to get out of the inning, and then here comes Robbie Martin with another double. Um, I just think Robbie Martin just was not going to let up all week. I mean, I think he won National Player of the Week um, from two different outlets or three different outlets. Yeah, won ACC Player of the Week. And, you know, if he wasn't ACC Player of the Week, Matthew Nelson was probably ACC Player of the Week. And that's your 3-4. Um, you know, Matthew Nelson and Robbie Martin had 15 hits on the weekend, and Miami had 13. So if you want to talk about a team shoving it down your throat in a lot of different ways, that's what Florida State did to Miami this weekend. I mean, there was no letting up at all, like I said. But, you know, and then the next inning, Miami just completely collapses. I mean, it was kind of hard to watch. It was E6, E1, E6, all in one inning. And, boy, that was – it was tough to watch. I don't know what you're thinking there if you're a coach. You know, you get another productive out that inning as well. You get a good sack bunt from Romano. Um, you know, Florida State gets no innings no, – I mean, they get no hits at an inning and they score two runs. And you're up five, five nothing, or five one. I mean, Miami just—I don't even know if they're a top twenty-five team in the country at this point. But um, you know, and then Florida State really puts it to them again in the sixth inning with three more runs, um, another hit from Lacey, another RBI from Lacey, another two RBIs from Nelson. Um, I believe that was with two outs. And then Nander doubles in the in the bottom half. Of the, I mean, the top half of the next inning. Um, you know, Florida State and then Bryce after that first inning just was on complete cruise control. Um, believe he worked, what was it? Six innings, 6.2, something like that. Six innings, four hits, one run, eight Ks, two walks. Um, you know, two eight ERA this year leads the league in, um, batting average against Kwiatkowski gives you two more scoreless innings yet to give up a run this year in eight innings, I think. Um, and then Haney closes it out for you. Um, so far I've loved this year when meat has used his best arms and some of his veteran arms when they are up big. Um, it's kind of, um, there's an F you to that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> we don't have I didn't to say the whole say but, like, it, but I mean, holy cow. But this is not like – it's not like your good old Florida State baseball team that 11 is going to tip the cap to you, let you get a few at-bats with your other guys in there. It's – we're going to whoop your ass all weekend, basically. I mean, it's not – they're not letting up, and that's really good to see, I think. And that's been kind of – the biggest thing for me the last couple of weeks is just seeing this team – put the foot on the throat and go after teams and not let up. And I think a lot of that has come from the way they got treated in Virginia Tech. And that kind of just spurred this team forward to say, you know what? Screw all of you. We're going to, we're going to win. We know you're better than you. Um, we're going to show it. Um, Florida State, once again, was good with situational hitting. Six or four two-ounce hits, uh, five two-ounce RBIs. Um, I'm looking here. Four 16. Um, you're not a ton of hitting with runners in scoring position, but still get some hits when you need them. Four or nine leader, leadoff hitters on base, over 50% advancement opportunities. Um, you know, it was just, you know, zero errors again. I think Dander had a few really nice places in the hole um, with, with Kwiatkowski pitching, I believe, or maybe it was Hubbard's last inning. But, um, yeah, just once again, it's complete domination of a game. I mean, I think everybody in Florida State's lineup reached base that game. Yeah, I mean, 9-1 to one on Saturday. Knowles clinched the series, and um, – I don't think I don't think we should underestimate or understate that Meat understands the recruiting that needs to be done in the state of Florida. Like there is a definite approach to flipping the script of who is the power in the state. And obviously right now it's still Florida. 
Um, in South Florida, Miami still reigns supreme in getting a lot of those kids. But the Knowles are starting to turn that tide. And I think these are the types of games that if you were a recruit in Miami this weekend, you know, you're a South Florida kid, and uh, you start to look at the two programs and you go, oh, my gosh. It's like, hard not to look at these scores and go, what the hell just happened? Like, where am I supposed to go to school, right? Like, like that's the, you start to ask questions because kids do want to make it to the pros. And they don't care if they grew up a Miami Hurricane fan. You know, sometimes, yeah, that'll get you to campus. But other times it's, hey, I think Jimmy Bellinger can get me to the league. I think Mike Martin Jr.'s offensive approach can get me to the league. And so that's, that's important. And I think these types of statements are huge for Florida State going forward. I love that you said FSU's throwing their veterans out. And you know what else I, I loved about that? The veterans came out, and they could have just said, you know, it's a situation where I don't have to be at my best. Maybe I'm not going to snap my breaking ball. No, there was some, there was some pissed-off pitching from Purdue, Kwiatkowski. I mean, that Haney, was some of the most fire I've ever seen from Kwiatkowski. And they're I mean, up it's huge. It's an eight-run game. Yeah. I think. yeah, Purdue comes in on Friday and he's throwing gas, and it's like there is a there is an attitude change that's occurring at Florida State that I love. And you're right, this isn't the nice this isn't the nice guy Florida State program of years past. I mean, there there is some uh, we've seen how many times now opposing teams have gone to Twitter to kind of complain about FSU. I mean, Billy could, Mole, man. Um, not even the, who's, the, who's the kid from UNF who wanted oh to talk man. his smack? Eddie the, Miller, who threw eight, yeah. eight pitches and eight balls against Florida State. But the point is, like, this isn't, you know, and I think one of them said, good old 11 must be so proud of his son. <laughs> you know what? His son's uh, just put together probably uh, a weekend better than any that his dad might have put together, <laughs> like, in terms of just the way that it happened, the consistency that it happened, the team that it happened against. I can't say that. Did Mike Morton? I mean, Mike Morton Senior's Florida State team. Do they have a? Have they ever had a weekend like this against Miami? I don't know. I, I don't. Mean, think, it'd be hard. When's to the find, last sweep? And it'd be hard to find a better regular season series than this. Considering opponent, where it was on the road, how you did it, and we can just put the whole week. I mean, there has not been a better. Let's put the week hasn't, together. Hasn't been a better weekend series or week in college baseball so no. far this year. So, and I mean, I'm, you know, we're, we're appreciative of Mike Martin, a senior in eleven, and I mean, he, he is Florida State baseball. Let's get that straight. Um, a, a, an incredible family. I'm just, th- I'm just super amazed by what Meat's been able to do. Junior's five and zero against Florida and Miami. I know, and it's so. in, it's incredible. Yeah, you're right. And so uh, that was impressive for me on Saturday. You win the series. I was happy with it. But I remember you saying you got some some messages from a few people around the program that they really wanted the sweep on Sunday, and so they had the same level of focus on Sunday that they had on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, this was probably the most impressive game for me just because, I mean, you've already won a series. No matter what, you've, you're already going to outscore them for the series. No matter how bad, you're going to lose this game probably. Um, you could come out and just lay an egg, kind of. You could come out and um, not put your best foot forward. But Florida State probably put their best game overall around in this in this game. I mean, it was just it was, it was it was tough to watch. I mean, again, that fourth inning when Florida State started to put them away, once again, it's just putting the foot on the throat. Um, not letting a team get anything at all. Um, you know, get a first inning run again with Robbie, another single, another RBI after a Lacey double. Um, you know, Lacey hits a homer in the third inning. That was that was off. You know, I think both of his first two at bats were um, extra base hits, and both went on two strike pitches. Um, you know, Robbie falls with a homer of his own. Um, I think Nelly shoots a single right up the middle on the next pitch. Um, these guys were just they weren't messing around this weekend. Like not not one bit. It was. It was full go, full time. Um, you know, we are not going to let pitchers sit up on the mound and do whatever they want. We're going to attack you. Um, we're going to put pressure on you. Um, you know, that's been the biggest thing Meets talked about since he's been here is putting pressure on teams. And 
you're starting to really see what that actually means. You're starting to see teams wear down. You're starting to see teams kind of just break and just, I mean, you saw it from Miami multiple times this weekend where in one inning they just fell apart completely. I mean, it was just, uh, just completely. Oh man, it was good stuff. I just, you're in love with the whole weekend. It's very nice. I mean, who couldn't be? I mean, this fourth inning, <laughs> this fourth inning is, I mean, you, I think the first bat, I think it was a, I think we got out in the first run, hitter and then Nanner is a single, another single hit by pitch, walk, single, single Homer, um, man, that homer from Matthew Nelson was nice. I mean, uh, what was it? Righty, righty slider takes it the other way, uh, right over the right field fence. I mean, he poked it and it just went, we went for a homer is what was it? His seventh of the year. I think he's averaging a homer every 7.8 at bats right now. Um, I think he's top 20 in homers in the nation and homers per game. Um, I think, I think Robbie's top 20 in RBIs. Um, you can't ask for a better one, two punch right now. And really a one, two, three punch with Logan Lacey and, you know, that, that that inning is one of the only negatives from the whole weekend is Logan Lacey pulling his – or it looks like he's pulled his hamstring or something with his leg um, running to third base. Meat said that they couldn't tell after the game if it was a cramp or a pull. It was kind of a day-by-day thing, so we'll probably know more about that tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, with Reese Albert coming back and, you know, Elijah Cabell starting to get back in the fold a bit that – um, well, we don't know if Reese Albert's coming back, but he should be back soon. It sounds like, um, so I think it, I think he'll be back at some point. Lacey's swinging the bat like as good as anybody right now. Um, hope to see him back soon for sure. But then, I mean, fifth inning, Nander absolutely rips a baseball off the off the scoreboard, and that's one of the better swings of the whole weekend. I think it's righty righty again. Um, you know, you could just see how hard he hit it from from Mike Martin Jr.'s reaction to the third base box. Um, I kind of th- think he sort of yelled a holy hell or something like that. Maybe not a holy hell, but something else. A nice little thing for Miami to hear. But um, And then, you know, Connor Grady the whole game, just awesome. Just changeup was awesome against a lefty heavy lineup. Slider was good, too. You know, everything was there for him. Um, five scoreless innings. Could have gone a lot more. Florida State just wanted to get their other pitchers some work. And then you, you bring in your, all, your, all your horses out of the bullpen, you get a scoreless inning from Scalaro. You get a scoreless inning from Hare. You get a scoreless inning from, um, I think, B-Walk was in there, too. Um, and you get a scoreless inning from Purdue. Um, Purdue's stuff was probably the best it's looked so far this year, I thought, with his curveball. He was dropping some down there. Also, I think he was mixing in the slider as well. Um, you know, like we said, just it's a, it's just a beat down, man. I think Florida State was 13 for their first 27 at-bats. Um, Miami had 13 hits all weekend. <laughs> and then I just it's funny to look at these stats some of these stats are just like it is amazing Florida State was five for seven runners in scoring position um six for 13 runners on 10 for 16 advancement opportunities 63 percent um four for five runners on third less than two ounce I mean Miami's 0 for 11 in advancement opportunities three for 29 overall in the game um 0 for 11 with runners on I mean this is it's just silly, the numbers Florida State put up this weekend. Just complete dominance. Like, I mean, we're almost at a loss for words, and at the same exact time, we could say a lot of words about what we thought this weekend. Folks, this is about the same time last year that FSU was starting to put it together. I mean, I, I just looked at the schedules, and, you know, last year and, and this year had starts that were, you know, kind of similar. Not exactly, again, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. 
But it was a slow start, followed by Florida State starting to peak a little bit. And last year, unfortunately, the season ended when the team started to figure it out. This season, thankfully, uh, the Knowles are still continuing to play. And it starts with that pitching staff. So, Brett, we've talked about all three games. Now let's talk about each segment of the game of, of Florida State's um, roster and talk about how they performed this weekend. We're going to start with the pitching. And we'll start with starting pitching. Right now, as a team, folks, Florida State has a 276 team ERA. Opponents are hitting 195 against FSU as an entire staff. Both of those are first in the ACC. Here's your weekend rotation. And this is, and I'll throw this to you, Brett, for, uh, for more uh, examination here and, 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 and analysis. Connor Grady, 342 ERA, 3 and 1 record, 209 batting average against. Nine walks, 30 strikeouts. Parker Messick, a 3 ERA. He's been pitching better than that. It's really all still working down from his first start of the year. And 194 opponent batting average against eight walks, 40 strikeouts, three ERA. He's two and two. Bryce Hubbard, three and two. And you could argue he's been the most impressive of the three. 208 ERA, 139 opposing batting average against, and six walks to 31 strikeouts. That was always the key for Hubbard was could he – could he manage the strike zone? And he has absolutely done that with flying colors. I thought he got better as the game went on on Saturday night against Miami. And it's weird to say Hubbard's pitching like your ace on a Saturday. And that's that's hilarious almost because Messick and Grady are also pitching at some of the highest levels we've seen them play at. I would say Hubbard's pitching like an ace. I think Messick is giving you that ace mentality, the energy you need, the bulldog mentality. Um, you know, and then on Sundays you couldn't ask for a better, you could not ask for a better. I don't know if you could find somebody better in the country for that role that Connor Grady has. I mean, I'm sure there's guys out there on Sundays that have more talent than Grady and maybe better numbers, but, um, you know, just the, the attitude he gives you on the mound, never too high, never too low. Um, you know, he strikes, he's one of those guys just strikes down a guy and puts his head down, walks back to the dugout. There's nothing ever there that you're really going to see a ton from him. Maybe late in games he's got, and I think he gave some against Virginia. Um, but, I mean, this is just as good as it gets for a week in rotation. I mean, like I said, Carson Montgomery is your, is your is your midweek starter. I mean, you don't – there's not a better midweek starter in the country. I, I don't know who midweek starters are, are but you're not going to find a better one. I promise you that. Um, this whole starting rotation is absolutely – has a chance to be one of the best in the country. I think the only one that could have an argument for best in ACC is, is Virginia. You know that that we that we that, that rotation we saw. Um, you know Messick. I still think I still think he's got room to be even better. Not that he hasn't been great, but he's just I. He, there's more in there. Like we've said, um, just a couple times he hasn't had all four of his pitches. I think once he has all four of his pitches for every single outing, you'll really start to see it. Um, you know Virginia he had all four pitches and he goes eight. Shutdown innings wins ACC pitcher of the week. Um, Hubbard still, I mean, there you couldn't really ask for much more from Bryce Hubbard right now. Um, the walks as down as they are, this is a completely different pitcher from last year. You could not have more of a, a turnaround than than this kid has had on the mound, um, and he's been dominant. I mean, he's just been fastball. I mean, his fastball has been dominant. It's not even everything that's in there. Um, the fastball working up in the zone has been unhittable so far this year. Um, him and Messick both got have both gotten just ugly, ugly swings all year. And, I mean, 
your Sunday starting out is out here getting shout outs from Pitching Ninja. I mean, that that's pretty good. I mean, when you got shout outs from Pitching Ninjas on a Sunday, um, you're doing something right and, you, and your pitching staff. I mean, 136 average allowed this past week against two of the best offices in the country. And then you got three earned runs or less in, in nine of the last 10 games. Um, it, it doesn't get better than that. And I'll say, I guess we're probably about to get a defense, but a lot of that also has to do with the defense. Florida State's has behind them right now and the pitchers being being able to trust that defense yeah well definitely let's touch on bullpen before we go to defense just to finish off the um the the pitching staff but Connor Grady's changeup and slider have gotten better I mean the the slider he can throw for a first pitch strike um the fastball is the fastball it's it's a tick up right now than where it's been in his career so that's been positive but he's keeping it low it has that sinking action but that changeup has become a real weapon it's got fade uh it's it's good stuff man like he is he got Miami confused with that changeup over and over and over again and you and I had talked about maybe in the past uh, lefties you know we worried that could make some contact against Grady but now he I think that changeup has become a real weapon for him well his his changeups really is starting to look like a left-handed pitcher's slider I mean the the action has got on it um you know I've heard a few scouts tell me the same thing about um Messick's changeup where it looks like a right-handed pitcher's slider I mean a big thing for Jimmy Bellinger is that changeup and how pitchers can throw that changeup. You know, the three pitches for strikes, that third pitch that you have to have is your changeup. It makes a completely world's difference. Um, you know, I think Grady's always had a strong one, but we've seen it get even better this year. Um, you know, the tick up in velocity with his fastballs helped his, um, you know, it's making batters guess even earlier on what pitch he's throwing. So he's getting just ugly, ugly swings. I mean, you saw ugly swings from Terrell. You saw ugly swings from Del Castillo. Um, I mean, he was just doing his thing out there on, on Sunday. Can you, I know you tweeted it. What was the final, uh, starting pitching combined stats for the weekend? Let me find it. I have a few tweets out there. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy you some time to find that there. Um, I got it. 17.2 innings pitch, nine hits, two runs, five walks, 25 strikeouts. Say those walks to strikeouts again. Five walks, 25 Ks. That works, man. Every That'll day play. of the week. Oh, my God. That'll play. And you know, 0. 0.792 whip. Yeah. That's, from, that's, that's from Hoochie uh, Noll. Thanks, Hoochie Um I had a feeling going into this series, and, and part of the reason I picked the the Knolls to win the series was because of all those lefty bats that Miami had. They ran seven of them back-to-back days. Um, and I just felt like FSC was going to be able to pitch to it. Yeah, that's a that's a bold strategy against right. Florida State's lefties. Well, and, but the thing is, like for Demare, Gino Demare, his righties suck. Like they're, they're I mean, they're terrible. Gill Gillen, um, what's the center fielder? Jenkins, like yeah, Jenkins got a base hit, and I was annoyed. two veterans for them that have completely been. Did you awful did you see year. Tony Jenkins smile like he had just hit a home run after getting a single in a blowout on Friday night? Hey man, if that's all Miami got he to was celebrate, three, I'm fine with it. Right, he was three for like 38 going into the series. I think I could be three for 38 right now, <laughs> just on bunt singles only. Um, I'm not fast, but I'm saying like he was smirking and smiling, and I'm like, hey bro, I don't think your coach is gonna be very happy. Your team's down. Uh, what was it? Th- whatever it was in, on 30, Friday, four thirty four to two. Yeah, you were down like a hundred to zero. I mean. Huh, FSU just whipped that ass, man. That was that was a spanking. I don't know how else to say that. Um, let's talk bullpen real quick because as good as the rotation was, I thought the bullpen was excellent as well. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have any high leverage situations, but they pitched like they were in high leverage situations, I thought. Like you said, um, those guys came out with energy. Um, you know, I thought it was the best weekend for Chase Haney so far. Um, you know, I think he had – I think he retired every batter he faced. I think four batters, four down. Um, I thought it was a good step for for Tyler Ahern. 
I uh, thought it was a really good step forward for Ross Dunn having a one, two, three inning. Um, you know, I know Ross Dunn struggled a lot this year so far in his freshman year, but I really, really like that arm for the future of Florida State, and that's why they keep running him out there. Um, you know, Clayton Kwiatkowski, I believe, has eight scoreless innings this year and has given up one or two hits, 8.1 innings pitch, two hits, two walks, 11 Ks, no runs so far for Clayton Kwiatkowski. That is pretty darn good. Um, you know, Chase Hing, like I talked about, is 174 with runners on base. Um, and Kukowski 111. I mean, that's as good as it gets for your relievers, and that's what you want. Um, you know, I think Scolaro gave up a bunt single or a chop or something like that, an infield single or a blooper. I think Actually, I think B-Walk and him both gave up bloopers and then retired the next three batters. Um, you know, I think B-Walk is going to be a guy that starts getting used more here. Um, he's really got the stuff. I mean, he's looked in command lately. He looks like he's more confident with every outing. He's got as good a stuff as anybody on this staff. Um, Hunter Purdue was really good, like I said. Davis Hare was good again. Um, this bullpen, I mean, you didn't have Jack Anderson throw. Um, I don't, there's a couple other guys in there that didn't throw. But, I mean, you still don't have Doug Kirkland, who I thought was probably your, your closer coming in before he got hurt. Um, and he's expected back at some point. There are so many options in this pen. I mean, you look up and down. Um, you know how many ninety five plus? May I say something? Say so. Kwiatkowski, Scalaro, and Purdue all have zero ERAs. <laughs> how many guys in your? How many teams across the country do you look at and you go? So if you're an opposing fan, right? Like right now, you're doing your little, uh, your quick Thursday before a Friday. You look through the stats, like we all, you know, you and I both do. Do you look at this and go, "Well, shit"? <laughs> like, like you start looking at guys and you go, "Okay." Zero ERA. He hasn't pitched much. No, there's five appearances, hey, man. seven appearances, six appearances. Um, yeah, but according to some websites, Florida State's pitching is just now getting hot. Nah, yeah, gosh. <laughs> Dude, man, State of the U, don't take them seriously. That's that's not a legit website. Um, those guys are clowns. But anyway, um, zero ERAs from a couple of people. Like, I mean, Scalaro's what? got seven appearances. Um, Kukowski has five. <laughs> Purdue has six. Um they all have like less than two walks or two or less walks. Um, Davis Hare has been insane this season. Um, it was good to see you said you know getting B Walk a chance to to pitch Ross Dunn a chance to pitch. I thought he balanced it well. By the way, I thought he did a good job of mixing in getting guys who need work along with guys who he wants in there to shut it down. So um, you you mentioned last week I mean, Meat's been making decisions like incredibly like he's been pulling all the right plugs and, and pushing all the right buttons and for another weekend he, he got it all right Cruel didn't pitch i mean dylan simmons has pitched once this year um and i know dylan simmons is a guy they really liked on the mound coming into the year um you know he was one of the guys that was potential to be a starter um you know kyle mcmullen's only thrown once i think um you know uh who else here andrew armstrong is a guy they really like a young kid they really like the lefty lefty matchups Jackson Neza, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right again. Nizu, Neza? Nizu, you got Nizu, it. Um, you know, he's only thrown twice in the year, I think, and that's a guy they really like his fastball up in the zone, um, high swing fastball. It, it, this pitching staff, man, I, I, we raved about it before the year. I think it's just starting to be what we thought it could be, and I honestly think it, it's, still got, it's still got room for improvement. As crazy as that sounds, I think this is starting to just kind of be the beginning. This is a legitimate top ten pitching staff, and I mean, I'm 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 being nice, like I'm being like very reserved, conservative. I mean, this could be a top five pitching staff in the country. So, um, a lot left to be seen. Looking at the numbers here, I believe we're top twenty in the country in four major categories: eighth in hits per nine, ninth in Ks per nine, twelfth in ERA, and nineteenth in WHIP. 
and some other of those programs don't play anybody. So they played like, like four games, or like they play in like the the Southland Conference or something. Um, yeah, this is something I know I said a few weeks ago, and you have you've echoed it throughout the preseason um, and as the season started. Uh, pitching is not something that's volatile. Typically, unless there's injuries, you're usually going to know whether your staff's good enough or not. Hitting comes and goes. I, look, folks, FSU's not going to hit like this the rest of the season every single game. Like, let's just get that straight. It's baseball. They're hot right now. Peaks and valleys happen. There's going to be another stretch where you're like, what happened to the bats? I know. I'm waiting for your tweets. I understand it's coming. Um, but just like we cautioned when it wasn't going well, the FSU would figure it out. They would. But you know why Florida State's going to win a lot of games this year, Brett? Is because whether the bats hit at that level or not, they're going to pitch. And they're going to keep you in every single game. Um, and you've already seen, you know, a couple of those losses this year have, have come in I mean, by close zero. runs. Yeah, I mean, it happens. But your staff gave you a chance for a bloop, a walk, and a three-run bomb. Like, they gave you the chance in every single one of those games. And Virginia, they gave FSU every chance in that Sunday Virginia game to, to find the big hit. Um, and you know what? Maybe FSU does do that more consistently going forward. But this pitching staff is real, folks. You should be excited about it. And the reason Florida State, when they get to a regional – or they get to a super regional, and you're like, I love our chances against whoever, wherever, is because you're going to look at that rotation and go, I got Messick, Hubbard, Grady, and probably, not probably, definitely, Carson Montgomery when the midweeks end, or whenever they, they decide to use him in the weekends. I've got four guys that I trust. I've got a staff full of experience in the bullpen. I've got multiple guys who throw gas. I've got guys with attitude. I've got lefties. I've got righties. This staff, this pitching staff is insane and it could be one of the best florida states ever had in its school's history i mean the last three teams florida state has played virginia tech florida and miami are probably all top 50 offenses and i think it'd be hard hard to argue that they're not and florida, i mean florida state, what, a top 10 offense florida is probably the top offense did you see what they did to texas opinion. a&m this yeah. weekend and i mean i know people will say it's midweek but like dude like you're supposed to hit midweek so we shut you down. In, uh, midweek only applies to pitching in my opinion yes. because hitting the, the lineup's the lineup you didn't change the lineup so anyway, back to you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I was saying. But, I mean, it's not like Florida State is playing some non-conference teams right now. It's, I mean, they're playing teams that have, I mean, I think Del Castillo was a Golden Spikes guy preseason. Fabian was a Golden Spikes guy free preseason. Um, you know, the top five in Virginia Tech's order is as good as it gets, really. Um, you know, Rumfield's a guy that is probably going to end up as a preseason Golden Spikes guy at some point. I mean, it just it doesn't get better than this right now. I know. Part of me just wants to. It's like, like every time a Florida State pitcher comes in, <laughs> every time a Florida State pitcher comes in, you have trust in them right now. I think it's hard not to. I think there's not, there's no, there's nobody in this in this pitching staff that you that I think this team can't trust right now. And lefties are to, I mean, not just to me, to everyone. Lefties are the most valuable assets to your baseball team. Um, and your Friday and Saturday guys are, <laughs> they're, they're incredible. So, um, FSU is going to be a matchup problem on the mound against just about everyone. I, I'm telling you folks, like they're going to play Georgia tech, who's an elite offense. And I'm going to feel confident about it. I don't care where you play that. They'll play Louisville. And I'm going to say Louisville's a really good baseball team. And they are on fire right now. Louisville's playing really well, but I have confidence in Florida state because they're going to give you a shot. You're going to be in the game. Yeah. You're going to be in the game. And, uh, if Matt Nelson keeps playing this way, if Robbie Martin keeps playing this way, Tyler Martin, we already know, will keep playing this way. Um, you didn't Reese, even, uh, Reese you is going to come back. And you did not even have Reese Albert or Elijah Cabell 
who and by the way starting pro- lineups this week Reese would have probably figured it out in these last you know in this last week as well just the way everyone else and, was hitting and I you know I think you know I think if we can slide this right into outfielder hitters but you know Elijah Cabell too I thought you know only had a few at bats this weekend but was a positive in the way that he handles at bats the way he's handled not starting I mean every time Florida State's hit a homer you've seen him be one of the first guys out of the dugout um, you know I think he had three at bats this weekend and maybe two hits. Um, and I think he granted a double play, but the ball was absolutely ripped. And I mean, just seeing him put the ball and play consistently, seeing him hit the ball hard, um, you can start to see it starting to click for him. Um, like I said, I think I said it last week, but um, Florida State's going to be at their very best. Obviously, this was Florida State's very best, but their very best ceiling is with Elijah Cabell playing, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, and I asked you, I think, um, before we hit record, what your thoughts were on. Florida State's best possible lineup. Um, I think they found something in Parker Messick. Um, Wyatt Crowell has given them a lift. But Reese, I mean, Ryan Romano had a solid weekend at the plate, too. Um, I was impressed by him, and he continues to give you He's been great defense excellent defense. Yeah, yeah, excellent defense. Um, but Reese Albert, Elijah Cabell, obviously Reese is an everyday player. Elijah takes the ceiling of this team and moves it up. So they're going to try and find, I'm sure, a way to get those guys into the lineup again, and maybe Romano and... Um, and Crowell find ways to be like a very good righty and lefty um, pinch hitters or, you know, get them work on a Sunday. You're starting to find, you're just starting to find a lot of depth too is the thing in the lineup. Not just, not just good at bats, but also depth. Like once Reese comes back, once Lacey's fully healthy, once Elijah is himself, I mean, you've got quality, quality options off the bench and a lot of them, I think. Yeah. And I mean, that's part of the whole, you know, having the extra season, the extra red shirts, um, everyone was going to have some more depth. Uh, by the way, I want to I want to point this out. Florida State, I look at the lead, nation's leader in walks. I don't think Florida State's going to be one of those nation's leaders in walks anymore, man. Like, I, 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 they have 85 on the year, and usually you see Florida State in the top five right about this time. Um, They're 53rd. 53rd. And that's a positive, folks. That is an absolute positive. I think Florida State walked 12 times this weekend in three games. Because they've stopped letting pitches go. It's not walks at the expense of hitting the baseball. You will never be able to walk your way to a win against quality competition. I love that Meat has reversed that that, uh, theology. And FSU is attacking early in counts. Um, They are attacking fastballs. But I also think I saw something this weekend, Brett, that was very impressive and uh, encouraging. How many O2 sliders did Florida State get a base hit off of? It wasn't. It wasn't like they were only looking for fastballs early in counts. Well, the thing I, I know a lot of people have asked me on Twitter, and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say, "What has happened? What has changed in the approach? What has clicked for this team?" Um, it's not a change in the approach from the coaching side. It's a buy-in from the hitters. I think. I think it's just. This was always Meat's approach. This was always what Meat wanted to do. Um, and I think now you're starting to see guys really take it and run with it. And they're starting to see the results. And as you see the results, I mean, you know, it's always been said hitting is contagious. And I think hitting right now is contagious for Florida State. And the approach is contagious right now. I mean, th- they swung a lot. And they didn't strike out that much either. I mean, it's just, it's been, you know, it's been, I think we it's been what we've started to expect from the approach wise, from what I've what I saw from preseason and what I saw from fall, you're starting to see what happens when when they fully take it on and when they start to buy in as much as possible. I think, and I think that has a bit to do with meat subbing in those pitchers. It has a bit to do um, with guys just 
changing their, you know, I just think some guys change their mentality after early season struggles. I mean, you've seen Robbie buy in, you've seen Nelly buy in. Um, these guys are just, they're all hitting right now. They're all raking. Yeah, that's amazing. And the middle of the order is incredible. I'm looking at Friday's box scores. Lacey goes two for six, two RBIs. Um, Robbie, Robbie goes three for five, two RBIs. Matt goes two for four um, with an RBI. So, um, wow. I mean, that's how many hits there. Uh, seven hits between them on Friday. I look at Saturday, and they have six hits between them. Uh, excuse me, five hits between them. And Parker Messick comes through with two more uh, right behind them. And then on uh, Friday night, uh, excuse me, sun, sun, Sunday, they had three hits from Lacey, Three from Robbie, two from Matt. I mean, your middle of the order is on fire. Logan Lacey is playing some of the best baseball of his career. No, best baseball of his career. Who are we kidding? Not some. Uh, Robbie Martin's back. I think RobbieRakes.com has fully arrived. And Matt Nelson is arguably the best catcher in the ACC right now. He's playing better than Del Castillo. Yeah, well, Being a draft pos- I would prospect say, and playing like it like in the season is two different things. Yeah, I would just say Henry Davis at Louisville is probably the guy right now. What's and his it's probably Nelly. He's hitting like 420. Never mind. With like six bombs. That's why Brett's and, the guy. In nine stolen I'm taking bases. Matt, I'm taking Matt Nelson, though. <laughs> well, I do think Matt Nelson is turning into one of the best overall players in the conference, and he's turning into one of the best overall catchers in the country. ACC is loaded with catchers. Um, I think they have like the best like five catchers in the country on every team. But um, – I mean, like I said earlier, seven, I mean, a home run every 7.8 at bats. Um, you know, I think we talked a lot preseason about, I expected a power breakout from Matthew Nelson and it is coming in a big way right now. And it's coming when it's coming in moments when Florida state needs it too. It's not just, um, you know, he's putting teams away, but he's also giving Florida state sparks at the beginning of games. Um, a lot of his early season homers were exactly when Florida state needed them. Um, you know, he's like we said early in the season, I think this is still the most important player on this team. He's been great defensively. Um, I think he has I think he's allowed only one more run. I mean, only one more stolen base than he's stolen. Um, I think he's thrown out more guys than he's allowed stolen bases. Um, and then Robbie Martin hitting right in front of him. I mean, this guy is, is the hottest hitter in the country right now. I mean, there's no other way to put it. 11 for 20 of the play this week. No strikeouts, nine runs on an eight game hitting streak has 14 has a hit in 14 to 16 games. Three homers this week, three doubles, three multi-RBI games, multi-hit game in every game, three three three-hit games, 12 RBIs. I mean, this is – it was absolutely ridiculous what what Robbie Martin did this week, leading him to an ACC Player of the Week. I want to know the exit velos on some of these baseballs that he's hitting. He's obliterating. It's not like like bloopers. It's like it is absolutely rockets. I mean, Robbie rockets. Every single time he's at the plate, you just feel like he's up there about to hit a ball – um, 110 off the bat. I mean, this is like I said earlier in the week. I mean, this is not your good old Robbie Martin, man. Like this is this is a Robbie Martin up there too. I mean, four. He had four homers in his first 90 games of Florida State, I think, and he's got four in his last five games. I mean, this is a guy that has power. This is a guy that's going to give you good defense in the outfield. Um, you know, he's not striking out anymore. I think he had 20 strikeouts coming into the week in what 12 games. And he's, he had zero in the last four. So if you want to know definition of clicking at the plate, and I don't think it's, you know, we talked about how there's going to be peaks and valleys. Obviously, this is a peak. But for a guy like Robbie Martin, his valley is never going to be what he had been doing early in the season. His valley is a guy that hits 300 for, for, the, cor- for the course of a season. Is Nander DeSantis a weapon? 
Okay, five hits on the weekend, three for five on Sunday. Righty, his first righty righty home run, I think. Am I correct? No, I think his Virginia Tech one was righty righty as well. Was it righty righty against VT? Mm-hmm. Okay, so still good job, Nander. Uh, wow, he's not only been a weapon at the plate in the field. The man's taken a major, major leap forward. Yeah, I think Nander. I don't know how I would describe it exactly. I don't know if I would describe it as a weapon. I think I would describe it as um, kind of the player that's making this team, that kind of sets the floor for this team, if that makes sense. I mean, he... Did you call him an unsung hero? But, I mean, everybody knows who Nanner DeSantis is. An unsung hero for me is definitely Logan Lacey. Okay. And Ryan Romano from this past Fair. weekend. Fair. Ryan Romano's defense at third base this weekend was one of the biggest positives for me. Um, no errors so far through seven games, but... Going back to Nander, I mean, what does he have? A 952 fielding percentage, three errors. Um, I think he had eight in the first seven games last year. Um, he had no extra base hits last year, and he has two homers and four doubles so far this year. He's hitting 259. That's pretty good. I mean, that, and I don't know what he was hitting before this weekend, but he's been a guy all season that I thought has had hard contact and not really got it paid off. But, you know, his strikeout numbers are down. Um, you know, his walk numbers are down, which has allowed him to attack pitchers more, I think, like we've talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you could start to dis- – I mean, definitely, I think defensively, he's been a weapon. That arm is as good as it gets in college baseball. He showed it off a couple times this weekend deep in the hole. Um, I mean, just a couple times he will absolutely let it rip, and it is on a rope. And um, it's impressive. I mean, I had a couple people tweet at me like, whoa, what was that? I mean, it's he's got 90-plus in his arm across the infield. He's just showing it in high school. Um, you're starting to see what Nander DeSantis' talent can do. Um, you're starting to see what happens when he's, he's there a little bit more confident, um, a little bit. Um, you know, like we talked about, there's just less on his mind when he only has to hit righty instead of hitting righty and lefty. Um, yeah, this Nander DeSantis makes this team. I think some, someone makes this team go, makes them deeper in the lineup, um, brings the floor up. Um, I just hats off to Nander DeSantis and the work he put off, put in the entire offseason, and it's paying off for him right now. Tyler Martin was Tyler Martin. Reached base seven more times this weekend. He, he sets the table. <laughs> it's just he He's ACC and on-base percentage. I mean, he just like every – it feels like every game, top of the first inning, Tyler Martin's on first, and immediately it's like, okay, so this is how we're starting. And then the Knowles middle of the order comes in and just obliterates the baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I just like, I'm going to say it over and over again. I mean, this is the kid that everybody hates playing. It's a little scrawny kid that's a leadoff hitter that, you know, you just can't get out, man. Like, it is tough to get this kid out. And it really wasn't even his best weekend. I mean, I think his average dropped a bit. But, I mean, like you said, he got out, he got on base. I believe he scored every game, got on base every game. Um, I don't know if he had a hit in that middle of the game. I'm pretty sure mm, he was over four, but he got on twice. a he got on at least twice in every single game. Um, three times in the first game, second two times in each of the last two. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's the best table setter in the ACC, I think, and one of the best table setters in the entire co- entire country. The uh, the pitchers who rake duo uh, continuing to uh, give Florida State exactly what they need. Five hits between. Messick and Crowell um, on the weekend. And again, Meats figured something out. And you and I were like, what happens when scouting reports start to develop? Okay, maybe a couple extra strikeouts for both of them now that, you know, 
there is a book on on at least some kind of book on them, and those will continue to develop as they continue to get at bats and their you know their heat what is it the the heat charts, you know they'll know where they need to pitch to them. But Parker Messick, man, that's a natural ability to swing the stick. Like he is he isn't just getting base hits; they're up the middle. Like he's hitting them very hard. We've already seen his his ability to go opposite field with a home run. Crowell able to go opposite field for a sack fly. Crowell, Crowell's impressed me a lot going to the opposite field. That's been one of the more impressive things between the two of them, I think. Um, and Crowell's, I don't think, has been getting the payoff yet either. I think he's had three or four line drive outs and a couple of them deep in the outfield. Um, he put a good charge into one to center field too, I think. Um, you know, Messick, like you said, just just a good ability. Um, you know, good hand to eye. I mean, this is a guy that's still, he's five games back from swinging live for the first time in two years, basically. Um, you know, it's just, I don't think that's the one reason why this lineup has started to click. It's definitely a reason. It makes them deeper, uh, gives them more opportunities um, in the, the bottom third of the order. Um, you know, that's helped Nander, I think. Um, you know, Nander doesn't have to have too much on his plate, hitting higher in the order. Um, and, you know, it's just made a, made a big difference with Reese Albert out. So it's been really good to see guys step up and provide the energy that they have as much as uh, um, these last few games. Yeah, and defensively, Florida State, no errors this weekend. Um, it was getting better, right? Like, it was it was slowly improving. We were seeing it, one error for the whole weekend. Then it was like... I could die happy with Florida State not making an error in three games. It's amazing. And it's it, when you pitch and you play defense, you're probably going to win a lot of ball games. Um, and then when you hit like you did this weekend, you're going to kill teams. I mean, Miami had a three-error inning. Florida State has zero errors in 27 innings. But they didn't just, like, play basic, clean baseball and make the routine plays. Florida State changed the game multiple times defensively. We talked about the relay throw to gun the runner down at the plate. I thought a couple of times we made great plays coming in. Um, we turned double plays this weekend as well. Um, guys made nice catches in the outfield. Uh, Matt Nelson was fantastic behind the plate. <laughs> Folks, when you play the best baseball that you have in years, um, everything's going to look good. So um, kudos to Florida State. Just It was thorough. The whole thing was thorough. Miami had no idea what was about to hit them. And the question now becomes, what does FSU do uh, going forward? And uh, we're going to break down this UCF game here. And, Brett, when you look at these nights, it's a midweek opportunity for Florida State. Just the second midweek game FSU has had due to uh, COVID cancellations, to weather delays, uh, well, I should say weather postponements. Um, but another chance for us to see Carson Montgomery on the hill following up uh, a really good performance against the Florida Gators. Um, UCF, uh, kind of a mixed bag of a season, 9-10 and 10 on the year. I think they made a lot of headlines when they went to Oxford and they beat Ole Miss twice, two out of three. Um, Ole Miss was ranked number one in the country at the time, and so that was a big deal uh, for UCF. Look, um, we've talked about them a little bit. Uh, sorry, we've talked about the state of Florida a little bit. Any team you play in this state is capable of beating you on any given day because – uh, there are a lot, there's a lot of good baseball played in Florida from the youth circuit to the high school level travel ball circuit. And, uh, UCF's had some, some pretty good talent over the years. Greg Lovelady does, um, an incredible job for them. He, uh, has led them to a couple regionals. Um, they have been a, a really good team in the American. Um, but on a midweek, look, you really can't, I don't think you can overanalyze any one team because it is a midweek opportunity. You feel good about Carson on the hill, no matter who we're going up against. Obviously, the best midweek opponent we'll face all year uh, happens when you place Florida, uh, when, when we played Florida, and then we'll do it again um, in Gainesville. So um, when you look deeper at this UCF team, what do you find? Yeah, well, first of all, like you said, any team in Florida can beat you. 
And I think the big thing is a lot of these schools really want to beat you. Um, you know, they're always going to give Florida State their best shot in the midweek, I think. Um, you know, like you said, UCF's kind of a mixed bag this year so far. Kind of hard to um, get a read on them. Definitely strength of their team is the offensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, their power hitting 27 homers in 19 games. Um, you know, I think they're slugging 442. That's that's pretty good. Um, I think that's one of the top 50 in the nation. Um, but they've they've given up a lot of contact too. 472 ERA, um, 260 batting average against. Um, you know, this is not going to be an easy lineup for for Montgomery to maneuver. But you know, after what he um, th- how he threw against Florida last week, uh, I think like you said, we're comfortable about him out there on the mound and you know looking forward to him throwing again. Um, I think. There's still a lot of room for him to grow from off last week. Um, definitely with the command, we'd, we'd still like to see a bit more command and let that stuff that he has eat a little more. Um, I think Kenny Sir was on the mound for UCF, um, a grad transfer guy from SIU Edwardsville. Um, had great numbers there. Um, was one of the t- like 25 um, most impact, impactful transfers coming in this year, I think. Um, it's been their midweek starter. Uh, seven innings, 3.86 ERA. Seven strikeouts, three walks, um, not much there. Um, I think 250 average against um, right-handed pitcher. Um, like you said, Florida State, if they play they get their game, I think they come out of here with a win. Um, I think Alex Freeland is the bat that you want to pay attention to the most for Florida, for UCF, um, a freshman that's going to be there for a while and, and be a really good hitter for them. Left-handed uh, switch hitter, actually, infielder. And then Jordan Rathbone also, you know, they got a couple guys that can really hit the ball out of the park. Uh, ben McCabe as well, eight homers. So that those are the guys in the lineup that will do the damage for them. Yeah, and defensively, um, solid. Uh, 967, um, that's it's pretty good. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think it comes down to is Florida State cooling off yet or not? I mean, that's, that's really – I mean, it's only been a couple of days since – um, FSU last played, but maybe that's all. That's all it takes. Sometimes in the day, in the game of baseball, is one day off, and um, things kind of go back to normal. I'm not sure. I expect Florida State to score double digit runs again. Uh, they certainly could. I mean, they've done it pretty much what three of the last four games, um, four of the last five games actually, and uh, nine was the other one, right? So um, you're as good as your starting pitcher. Carson Montgomery gives you a good quality start. You'll probably be fine against UCF. Um, they're a good team. They're capable. They'll play well. They've got a couple of guys, like you said, that can swing the stick. Um, they can run a little bit. Um, Oof, like, 33 stolen bases. Yeah, Jeffrey Pena, uh, Jeffrey Pena maybe, uh, 10 of 11 on the year. Um, so, yeah, it's a good team. Like, they've, they've got some arms. They've, they've got a closer. Um, looks like they've got some guys that can pitch it a little. I mean, it's a good team, but Florida was a, a great team, and Florida State had no problem beating them. So, we'll see what Seminole team shows up. Um, Brett, let's talk some. Let's do some questions. What do you think? Yeah, let me get, a, get my phone out here real quick. Um, I know a couple of them were the same, I think, or somewhat the same on Sunday Golds. Um, I think it was what was the most out of all the stats that were compiled this week. What was the most impressive from Buffet's brother? And then Huchino also said, "Here's a question: What is more impressive, four and zero?" Combined 44 to 4, score over UF and UM, or Robbie and Ellie out hitting the entire UM team this past weekend. I mean, that is a tough. It's I have mine. Do you want mine? If it's like an A, B, C, and then D, all of the above. Well, the whole weekend was my favorite stat. But if I'm picking one thing, is that Miami had 13 hits the entire weekend. Five, five, and three. That's my favorite. 
Um, and it felt like FSU got better as the weekend went along. Like I, th- I'm going to go with the pitching staff as a whole. Um, we can do any one way, but I think if you want the most impressive stat for me is Miami's offense, who is really talented, especially one through six. They've got some talent. Had 13 hits all weekend. That's I mean, my answer is going to be pretty similar because it has a bit to do with the offense and the pitching. I mean, Nelly and Robbie Young hitting an entire team over a course of three games. I mean, is, is, is that was that even possible coming into this weekend? I mean, that not only reflects how good the pitching staff was, but how good those guys were. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I don't think you're ever going to see a stat like that again. Um, these are two of the hottest hitters in the nation and one of the best pitching staffs in the nation. Um, and as those guys keep hitting, this Florida State team is going to keep doing damage. So that's really good to see, and, and that's – that is quite the stat. I, is that, I don't even I, I don't know how you would find that, but I don't know how many times it's ever happened before in a three game series. A um, couple questions from Evan Johnson, who writes for Tomahawk Nation, a contributor there. Um, first one, biggest surprise so far this year, biggest disappointment. This goes for both FSU players and ACC teams. Can you ask that question, please, one more time? Biggest surprise so far this year and biggest dis- disappointment. Goes for FSU and the ACC as a whole. Okay. Um, biggest disappointment, like, throughout the season or the weekend? Season. 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 I'll start with the good, because I'm going to need a second to think some more on the disappointment part. Um, biggest surprise. I think, for me, it's the defense. Like, Florida State's fielding 971. That's... <laughs> Folks, that's not just solid. That's pretty good. Um, 971 is going to get you to Omaha. Yeah. I'm going to go on record here, and I'll do it here on March 23rd. Oh, boy. Oh boy. I don't care. I've, I've been three for three on predictions. Oh so boy. Come on now. If FSU finishes the regular season above 970 defensively, this team's going to Omaha. There's Oof. my prediction on March 23rd. I don't think a team Oof. with 971 defense and – yeah. You're allowed to... Uh, my man's out here taking hacks. I'm taking hacks, and this is recorded, and we'll be up. Uh, I'll, I'll eat my crow if I have to. If you, feel, if you finish above 970, I like this team making Omaha. Um, anyway, disappointment. Um, there's a couple, um, but I think I'll just go with one, and it's been just... I thought we would get more out of Elijah Cabell at this point. Like, I, I just thought... He was primed to have the numbers that Nelly's having right now in terms of home runs. Um, and maybe some of it's not really his fault. He's been injured and all that. But he maybe he hasn't been disappointing as much as what I expected we would get out of him health-wise and baseball-wise, baseball right? Like um, we'll call it baseball form. In soccer, you call it the form that you're in. Um, he's not up to speed right now playing the game i mean and that doesn't mean that he can't become one later but for me it's i think elijah cabell um lack of production that we've gotten from him so far this year all right i'll go for biggest surprise so far i'd probably say the way bryce hubbard's thrown and as dominant as he's been and the efficiency he's thrown with and the command he's thrown with um i think we both knew and the florida state pitching staff knew that it was possible for him to be this dominant. It was possible for him to be a frontline starter. But for him to make this turnaround as quick as he did, um, command-wise, and I think maturity-wise as well on the mound, um, I don't know 
if anybody's made as quick of a turn as him. Um, it's pretty tough to do that, especially when he didn't have a full season. Um, I think it, the summer was big for him going and throwing him for a collegiate league. Um, and then he had a really impressive fall. Um, I just think, you know, I thought we'd think we, we knew he'd be good, but did we know? I don't think we knew he'd be this, this darn good. And then for ACC as a whole, um, I haven't done that one yet. It's fine. I'll just say, I mean, I don't know if I want to go with Notre Dame or Pitt. I'd probably say Notre Dame just because of how good they've been, the way they've done it. I think they've won every series so far. Um, I think they had a sweep in there somewhere. You know, they're nine and three overall. Um, you know, but Pitt too as well. These Northern teams doing as well as they had when they don't get as much practice as some teams. Um, you know, it's impressive what they've done. And you know, two floor, former Florida State guys there um, leading both of those teams. So, you know, it is good to see that somewhat. Um, biggest disappointment for me. Well, first of all, in ACC, I'll just go Virginia. I mean. Virginia was thought to be a top 10, top 5 team coming into the season. They just Agreed. they they can't hit. I mean, they cannot hit. I mean, even their best hitters are starting to hit too now. NC State's right up there, though. <laughs> yeah, but I know cool. you like watching NC State struggling. I think everybody likes to see Elliott Avon struggle. It's kind but of hilarious. I, just, I thought Virginia was going to be one of those – I think everybody thought Virginia was going to be one of those breakout teams this year. Um, but they just don't have hitting. They've they a lot of guys that hit last year that just can't hit at all this year. Um yeah, I mean they've lost a lot of like two zero one zero games this year. They're they're three and nine in the ACC and nine and ten overall. So that's pretty tough. Got to got a hold to dig out, dig out there. Like you said, NC State also they're one and eight in the ACC. You know I think they were zero and eight. At, I don't know. I think they were close to being zero and nine at one point. But but excuse me. I think their um, one their one win is against Miami on that Friday night. Yeah, I think you're right. And yeah. They won like eleven five, but. Um, biggest disappointment for me for state wise, I wouldn't say Elijah Cabell for me just because I think I told you I thought he was going to struggle to start the year like Reese Albert did last year, um, not getting much much live um, fielding, much live hitting. Um, he's just in a bad situation there um, health wise, um, and I think it will come around at some point. Um, I think disappointing has been, you know, Dylan Simmons was a guy for me. I thought coming into the season was FSU's hottest hitter. Um, he had been raking every single Florida State pitcher, and he's just really struggled so far this year. Um, and, you know, I think we know Dylan Simmons can hit. Um, so just to see him struggle the way he has at the plate, it's been a bit tough to watch. He's looked a little bit lost a couple times in recent at-bats. Um, you know, I'd really like to see him start get it go get it going again and start being what he was last year and what he was in the fall. Um, you know, it's in there. I think we know it's in there. We both think he's a guy that can hit 300 over a course of a season. Um, so that would be my dig- biggest disappointment so far. I don't know if you you good on those ACC questions. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, I, just to reiterate, I'm not really disappointed in Elijah. I think I'm more disappointed, like you said, in the situation, just yeah. just yeah. the the unfortunate circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because I really thought Elijah was going to hit like 20 home runs this year. Like I really believed it, um, and he might have if he was healthy. And um, you just imagine like what would this this five or six game stretch for Elijah look like with the way the rest of the team's hitting in the middle of that order. If he's fully healthy, I'm sure he would have tacked on some moonshots at Miami. So, um, yeah, that, maybe. I mean, he's got plenty of time for it to come around. Um, I'm, I'm still hopeful that we haven't seen the best of Elijah Cabell and that it's still coming. So, yeah, I think ACC wise, Virginia's a disappointment. NC State's hilarious. I mean, I don't. Um, Clemson, like, I just don't think Clemson's very good anymore. They fired Jack Leggett for Monty Lee. Like, well. What are we doing? Like, Jack Leggett made Omaha, like, multiple times. Actually, Jack Leggett made Omaha a lot. I just don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, 
Monty Lee can't even make it out of his own regionals. Like, it's just... Mm. They don't got to worry mm. about a regional this year. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, all right. Uh, I got one more Monty. question. Um, do you think FSU will struggle against lesser pitching more than better pitching? I'm thinking they'll see less fastballs against pitchers who aren't as great as what they've seen the last week or plus. Yeah, I think, though, a lot of really good hitting teams struggle against soft throwing. When you say lesser pitching, you I think they they mean like... Not, yeah, not like UNF's pitching staff. They mean like softer velocity. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you want to say that a little bit louder? Not Eddie Miller. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, guys who throw softer, right? There were a couple guys at Pitt who really had FSU's number. Um, I think guys who can throw off speed early in counts will give FSU trouble. and that's But that's kind of the that's case throughout the, the, college baseball. Like... FSU with Parker Messick and Hubbard, if you noticed, against Miami, especially Messick. Messick did not have command of his fastball early. Like, he, he did not have – he was not spotting it, but he did have command of his changeup, and he was able he was able to spot the off-speed early in his outing to get a really good Miami lineup to struggle. Um, Montgomery, I thought, did a good job of spotting off-speed to get Florida's lineup to struggle at times. So, yeah, you know, FSU, I think the approach is going to allow them to hammer – Anybody who wants to, if there's a pitcher who wants to pitch off his fastball and he believes he's got a dominant 95 mile an hour fastball, I think FSU is going to be fine against those guys. Yeah, it could be the crafty lefties, the the soft throwing righties, the Mike Vassals of the world who could pitch with that curveball for a strike, could land with their change up. Um, but is that an FSU specific thing? I don't know. I just think you know. I think that's a that's a college baseball thing where um, they're not pros, right? Like they're all sitting on fastballs. Pros are the ones who can really sit back on off speed and, and make you pay. Yeah, well, I think the book on Florida State soon is going to be, um, you know, off speed for strikes early in counts and and, uh, and probably change ups when you're when you're behind in counts as well. From a pitcher standpoint, um, you know, change ups is the one thing that I think can give Florida State trouble because they're taught to hit a lot off spin in that stuff, and um, you know, change up doesn't really have that effect on the pitch. But you know, I've always thought since I've been here that Florida State hits good pitching well. I mean, I thought. Going into the Georgia Regional, I thought I liked the matchups. Even, you know, you get Hancock, um, you get um, Wilcox. I thought those were good matchups because Florida State, I, they like it's a fastball-hitting team, really. Um, you know, it's a team that can give guys like that trouble sometimes. Um, but, you know, I didn't like a matchup against uh, Tommy Henry against Michigan. I mean, Florida State has always really struggled against lefties, I think, in recent years. Um, so, yeah, I think – Probably, I mean, they're not going to hit as good ever again for a weekend that they did this weekend. But, you know, going forward, I think Florida State's matchups that they like are probably going to be guys that are fastball heavy um, and guys that really try to attack them um, like they like they'd like to attack teams. But, you know, I think the hitting there is it, I think the hitting is there for Florida State um, against velocity for sure. Yeah, I know. And we won't talk too much about Wake because that's for next for another podcast. But Q6 is yeah, a guy that's going to come at you with fastballs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fleming's, a, Fleming's one that has the ability to kind of drop in some off speed there. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Like I, the way FSU's hitting right now, there's gonna, they're going to get a lot of respect from a lot of opposing staffs who are going to come in dialed in. So FSU will have to continue to uh, lead off. Um, Tyler Martin continue to play well in the middle of that order. I hope we see Reese Albert either tomorrow – uh, Wednesday, I should say, against UCF, and if not, hopefully this weekend against Wake. Um, it was good to see him travel with uh, with the Knolls, and he also um, 
He was also listed as available, so um, he could have played per per Mike Martin Jr. If they really needed him, they they didn't the entire weekend because Florida State won those games before the games even got into like the middle innings. So <laughs> so Reese had a, Reese had a really nice uh, front row seat. Won those games before the games started. Sure, Reese probably eat, like spitting sunflower seeds and just enjoying his time in uh, balmy Miami. Um, well, he just went and sat on the beach after the first. Honestly, innings. you might you didn't you, you, you didn't need him so. Um, yeah. Any other questions? Are we good? If you had told me before going into the season that we didn't have Reese Albert going into Miami or Elijah Cabell in the starting lineup and we beat them 34 to two in three games, I would have told you that you were unwell. And I mean, what a weekend, man. What a weekend. Can you think? I don't, I, I, there's no shot. I can think of a better weekend in the regular season for Florida State. Yeah. Patience, the name of the game for FSU baseball started off poorly. Picked it up like we all thought they would. At least Brett and I thought they would. And um, playing, Credit to the coaching staff as well. Yeah. A lot of credit to that coaching staff. Playing like a top 10 caliber baseball team. Um, up to 15 in uh, Baseball America. And um, I have a feeling they'll continue to rise if they take care of business at home. You get a couple of home series now, right? <sighs> What's been impressive about the Virginia Tech and Miami stuff is road. Brett, let's, before, we, before we sign off, FSU has not been a very good road team. The last few years, like it's, but I, I think this team has taken the right mentality on the road this year, 100%. and I think it helped them a lot getting away from Dick Hauser. And it kind of that Virginia, yeah, five and one on the road, five and five at home. So, yeah, well, maybe they don't want to come back to Hauser. Um, <laughs> I would like them to come back. To yeah, Hauser. No, I'd like I mean, a weekend series at home, please. You get two in a row. You get a mm-hmm. uh, wake, and then you get North UN, Carolina. North, yeah. North, is that seven games in a row? I believe at home, including UCF. Uh, I have I the schedule so. up. I can I can yeah. check it. Um, Let's see. Uh, well, no, I don't have the schedule up. Never mind. Uh, we're going to go with seven in a row. Anyway, um, please, if you could. Um, it's eight in a row. Is it eight in a row? Yeah, Jacksonville after North Carolina, and then they traveled to Louisville. I'm glad you got to it right before we signed off. Uh, but please, uh, on Apple Pods, if you like this podcast, uh, give us five stars. Leave us a review. We love to read your comments. Let us know what we can do better, what you like. Email us. Um, tweet at us. Slide into the DMs, and let's talk FSU baseball. Um, it's been a, a really fun couple of weeks for the Knowles, and uh, welcome them back to Tallahassee. Should be a lot of fun. Um, Wake Forest coming into town. We will preview that next time. Should be later on this week. We'll have a podcast. And, again, thanks for being patient with us and, and getting this episode out. Uh, we appreciate what you guys have done um, to our, our following and our listening count. And uh, keep sharing this thing with your friends. Let them know um, there's only one FSU baseball podcast out there, and that's Sunday Goals. So until later this week, we will talk to you. Aria and Brett. If I want it, I'm going to get it right. If I want it, I'm going to get it right. Yeah. Reese, 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 Reese